welcome back to A Haunting Podcast. I'm your host, Tegan. And I'm your other host, Jordan. So Jordan, I've got a good one today for you, I think. Oh yeah? So you know your obsession with ships? I do love ships. I have found a couple of ships that I think that you will like. I think I found a few too. Oh good. I'm going to let you start with yours because I know you, yours are probably more historical and mine are based more off the edge of just kind of fun stories. All right. Sounds good to me. Um... I have the SS Valencia. Ooh, I like the name of that. I like the I like the name of it too. It's a place I'm pretty sure in Spain, Valencia, something like that. It's a pretty name though. Mm-hmm. Uh, this ship set sail in January twenty second, nineteen o six. It was an iron haul passenger steamer from San Francisco heading to Seattle. It was small and not really well equipped uh, to sail along the Pacific coast line during the winter. Why would you, why, if you're traveling in January, why would you not be better equipped to handle cold water? That's uh, I'm guessing uh, a lot of tickets and just, they just were catching a deadline, I guess. They're just like, we got to set sail. And people are like, no, Captain, we can't do this. And they're just like, well, blah, blah, we blah, 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 blah investors. Yeah, we have to go. Have it to got go. even worse because there's like, there was a dense fog that ruined everything. It had strong winds. And mind you, the, the Seattle like coastline, like from Seattle to Portland, it's dangerous. It's rocky. The mountains of the Rocky Mountains meet the coastline, so so just very rough waters. Rough water. It immediately went off course and ran into rocks around midnight. I know I shouldn't laugh, but it's just like, of course, that was going to happen. Like just the first night. Yeah, just the first night. Oh wow. Yeah. So, panicked, passengers scrambled to lifeboats, but some were smashed along the hall. Some lowered too soon, some too late, and others just, you know, disappeared because they smashed in the rocks. What do you mean by too soon, though? Like, how does one lower a rescue boat too soon? Well, let's say um, the ropes, because it's a rope and pulley system, didn't really reach the water or just can't so you have to oh, cut like it like between the waves like they have to like time it right mm-hmm. okay yeah that would make sense yeah so That'd you would have to like cut to the go. rope but that's dangerous because you know it's two ropes and so you know you cut one you're you're bobbing right and it's i mean it's like you said it was winter so yeah. that water's got to be cold and it's the atlantic already. yeah it, there's a theme for these shipwrecks it's always in cold water it's always in cold water right it's it's crazy it's it's a shame because it was only fifty meters from the the shore, but the shore was unreachable due to the rocks. So, yeah, rescue ships couldn't get close because of that. And the strong winds and the current and the rocks just kept them at bay. So it was a lot like the Titanic. Uh, there were people that made it into the water, and they drowned or froze. Wow, yeah. it is. It sounds just like the Titanic, actually. Yeah. The the eerie part is. Like I said, they were only about 50 meters away from the shore. So there were rescuers, but they couldn't get to them. So they just watched it all go down. Ooh, could you imagine being one of the people on, la- people on land just staring and having to watch the shore? That's just, that's what happened. The ship just go down? You just have to hear the screams in the darkness until it just fell silent. Oh, my God. That'd be terrible. And it was a lot of women and children on this boat, wasn't it? Yeah, there was quite a few. So you were listening to the sounds of women and children screaming Pretty and much. crying and dying. It's a That's terrible. It's real sad. How many people were on the ship? Well, there was about uh, 181 people that died. I'm not so sure about the uh, total passengers, 
but only 37 men survived. Um, wow. Yeah. With every woman and child dying on board, the complete death toll varies, but, you know, some people say it's uh, 117 up to 181 people. That's that's it's sad. terrible. That's disturbing. The wreckage of the ship was never recovered, but a lot of pieces made into sure as like, you know, a ghostly reminder that it happened. Just little pieces of the ship washing up to shore. Right. And uh yeah, it's it sucks. Uh since that happened, local fishermen reported of lifeboats with skeletons rowing in the area though. Oh. Wait. But was it skeletons, or was it just the emaciated people who had made it and nobody ever found? No, oh, that's 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 heavy for me. That that's is too heavy this for me. <laughs> story is a little bit heavy. It is heavy. I got a story for you though. In 1910, the Seattle Times reported that sailors claimed to have seen a phantom ship resembling Valencia near Pinchino Point. The sailors observed waves washing over the phantom steamer as human figures held onto the ship, rigging for dear life. Similar apparitions were reported for years following the disaster. Truly, this just sounds like an absolutely terrible, like no matter which way you look at it, either these people or their spirits are just still suffering out at sea. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it's it's always a tragedy because especially if you're unreachable and, you know, the rescuers are just right there. They're right there, but they can't get to you. Even you can see them from like where you are, probably. Yeah. I mean, I would hate to be in that situation. That would be an absolutely terrible. And situation. this is 1906. They can't like you know, airlifting is not a thing yet. And these are like women who do not know how to navigate the ocean or how to do anything with their children, just panicking. Right. It's... I mean, a lot of men as well, but I mean, who the... wouldn't panic in that situation? Oh, though? every I'd be panicking. Are you kidding me? I wouldn't know what to do. I'd just be like, take me now, God. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm done. I know it's just just bobbing in the that cold January water. You know I'm I'm good. Davy Jones, take me down. Davy Jones, yeah. Well, a fisherman named Klenowa Tom spotted a lifeboat together with his wife in the nearby sea cane in Pacino Bay, but there was something deeply wrong with the lifeboat. In it sat not eight people, but eight skeletons. Although no. having survived the initial wreckage, it looked like they had starved to death. There was no way of recovering the lifeboat, however, as it was just too unreachable, and it's a mystery to even how it got in the cave. Wait, was this, like, shortly after? Yeah, this was shortly so, after. So, like, these could, oh my gosh, I didn't mean to actually, I didn't actually mean it when I said, what if these were the emaciated people? Those actually might have been the- Yeah, I was getting to oh, it. Oh, no. <laughs> I was getting to it. I didn't mean it. Oh, my God. Well, I will end SS Valencia on this note. So, this is an eyewitness account, you know, after the ship went down. Screams of the women and children mingled in an awful chorus with the shrieking sound of wind, the dash of rain, and the roar of the breakers. As the passengers rushed on deck, they were carried away in bunches by the huge waves that seemed as high as the ship's mastheads. The ship began to break up almost at once, and the women and children were lashed to the rigging above the reach of the sea. It was a pitiful sight to see frail women wearing only nightdresses with bare feet on the freezing rat lines, trying to shield children in the arms from icy wind and rain. Oh. Yeah. Wow. Shipwrecks, man, they're crazy. This is a, uh, a survivor of the shipwreck, wasn't it? This was one of the 30, like, what did you say, 32, 37 men? Mm-hmm. He was the uh, chief freight clerk. Wow. Yeah. He has PTSD, I'm sure. 
I would never forget that. That is not something uh, that uh, I'd be able to sleep well again. I wouldn't either. It's like that nurse who went down with the Titanic, went down with the Britannic, and was on the Olympic when it collided with another boat. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> the you trifecta. Know, all of the, this, that story in itself is just cementing my fear of the sea and uh you know cruise ships no we'll go on a cruise ship one day it's gonna be fun i don't know about that (laughs) i don't know after this episode i don't i think i'm okay it'll be fine i want to swim with sharks but i don't want to go on to a a cruise ship you know what yeah okay (laughs) sharks so much better (laughs) priorities priorities indeed you know nursing sharks they're fine like little tiny nursing sharks you know if it has a shark in the name i'm good yeah Yeah, i'm just good well, uh, I have a, uh, I have a just a true, a true mystery for Ooh, you. I'm excited. This is called the Octavius. So this is a three-mastered schooner. It was found west of Greenland by Whale Harold, I believe is how you say his name, mm-hmm. on the 11th of October in 1775. So when they found this ship, it was completely derelict. There was a five-man boarding crew. And when they got up there, they had a sight on their hands. So they found the entire crew. It was 28 men. Uh, They were below deck. They were dead. They were frozen. And they were almost perfectly preserved. Wouldn't want to see that. Neither would I. Uh, uh, 10 out of 10 can live without that. Exactly. So it's so preserved that the captain's body was still at the table clutching a pen in his hand. And he had the captain's log in front of him. So mm-hmm. it looks like maybe he was writing, writing in the captain's log at the time of him freezing to death, which could you just, again, no. No. <laughs> so obviously the boarding party, as they should have been, was absolutely petrified. They snatched the captain's log and just started to run off the ship. But as they were running, they have just just pages. They were just losing pages, like the entirety of the captain's log. I, I was can just lost. I can believe that because I would be the same way. Yeah, I'd be, yeah, like I'd be just gone. Too ready to get out of there. Yeah, I'd be gone. But I gotta tell you, I'd also be incredibly disappointed when I got back. Oh yeah, I'd be sad. I'd be like, but I'm not going back for him. No, but I I would. I needed to know. I mean, it was so bad. That they only had the first page and the last page of the logbook. What a shame. And the last entry on the logbook, I don't know what the last entry said, but it was dated November 11th, 1762. And remember, it was found on the 11th of October, 1775. So nearly nine years. 13. Your math is wrong, sir. Oh. So, at least according to my notes over here. The Octavius had set out from England to Asia. And when it came back, so it successfully got to Asia. It tried to go the north-northwest passage home, which resulted in it being in sea ice north of Alaska. Mm -hmm. So, they took a wrong turn. They decided not to follow directions. They were like, GPS is lying. Let's go this way. Famous last words for a couple of ships. Yes. And uh, they ended up in a bunch of ice in Alaska, which is where, you know, it kind of ends. And there's a general idea that the ship is cursed. So um, the people who found it were like frozen dead people. This place is obviously cursed Mm -hmm. by the devil. Uh, We need to get off. 
and they just kind of let it go and let it float at sea and it's it's never really been seen again so it's I mean, kind of a creepy tale that is creepy it's probably at the bottom now but still oh yeah it's gotta be i mean it, can you imagine just walking on that ship and just seeing every, no i couldn't do it <laughs> I, I couldn't do it I, I mean i'm not a superstitious guy but even i would be like hmm you know just the sight of I, I don't think you really need to be superstitious for the sight of uh dead frozen almost like perfectly preserved 13 year old like not 13 year olds 13 year old dead frozen Mm -hmm. well-preserved people would be pretty shocking yeah see i am good to never experience that i mean i would happen to have to i would have to agree with you on that that is not my cup of tea i'm good all right so i got one as well another one oh this one is the lady lovey bonk the lovey bonk the lovey bonk i know (laughs) interesting name name Lovey Bonk. Well, the Lady Lovely Bonk was a schooner that shipwrecked on the Goodwin Seas near Kent, England in February 13th, another 13, 1748. The story goes, Captain Simon Reed was just married to a woman named Annette, and celebrating the marriage of the uh, on the Love, Lady Lovely Bonk while cruising. The ship was supposedly bound for Oporto, Portugal. A lot of sailors were uncomfortable since, you know, the captain brought his new wife on board and Women were seen as bad luck to be on the ship back then. We were not good. No, people started getting antsy when a woman was on board back then. You know, old times. This is the 1700s after all. The superstitions of the sea, though. There's a lot. I mean. But if you run to frozen bodies, I mean. Maybe run from that one. Yeah. The captain's first mate, John Rivers, whom also courted the captain's wife, paced around in a jealous anger while the celebrations were occurring. Taking a belaying pin, the first mate snuck up on a sailor manning the uh, wheel and killed him. Rivers then took the wheel and piloted the ship into the Goodwin Sands, which ended up killing everyone on board. An inquiry later labeled it as a misadventure. (laughs) What? It was a misadventure, I guess. But Uh, since that. That's a misadventure. Yeah, that's a pretty bad adventure. I mean, I wouldn't want that adventure. But now, the Lady Lovey Bonk. Appears every 50 years as a ghost ship. I have many questions. Mm-hmm. Uh, the main one being, did the captain know that this first mate used to court this young lady? I don't uh, and know. if so, why the hell would you have them be your first mate? That just sounds like a recipe for the disaster. Maybe he was just a really good first mate. You know what? You were not taking into account that, you know... Back then, women were seen as bad luck to be brought on board. And technically, her being on board kind of... So, do you think the theory is that he went crazy because she inevitably was going to bring bad luck? Uh, I think he was just a jealous bitch. Well, I mean, I agree with you, but again, see superstitions. They're real, Jordan. I guess so. I mean, he went mad and that was pretty bad luck. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that would be pretty bad luck. I got to I got to say that. Yeah. Well, the first sighting of this phantom ship occurred in uh February 13th, 1798. Uh at least two ships, the Edinburgh, captained by James Westlake, who claimed he was almost collided with it. And a fishing smack, oh, also collided with it. It's alleged in 1848, uh a local fisherman was convinced that a wreck had occurred. He sent out lifeboats in hopes of rescuing the survivors, but the ship just disappeared as soon as they got close. 
So it was just like a ghostly shipwreck. Oh, yeah. It's crazy, too, because uh, apparently the where it crashed is a hotspot for a lot of like paranormal stuff. There was over 1,000 ships that have been wrecked in that area since like the 1200s. And ghost ship sightings are apparently very, very common there. You know, for a ship called, what was it called? The Lady, Lady Lo- Lovey Bonk. The, for a ship called the Lady Lovely Bonk. It does not sound like there was a lot of love on this ship. Uh, apparently not, but... Uh, At least not from one person. Apparently a lot of people see it. Like, even in 1948, Captain Bull Presswick allegedly sighted her and reported that she looked real. But it gave off, like, an eerie white glow. That doesn't sound like I would want to go by it. I wouldn't want to go by it either. I would think that something terrible has happened to me and i just don't remember well speaking of uh paranormal ships i was going to say what kind of paranormal ship episode on a paranormal historical podcast would we be if we did not mention the flying dutchman oh the granddaddy of them all the flying dutchman is one of my favorites obviously obviously it has to be so the Flying Dutchman, it's just a legend. Mm-hmm. Like, I, there's not an actual ship called the Flying Dutchman, obviously. The legend originated during the 1700s. The legend goes that the captain made a deal with the devil to make passage between Holland and Java in impossibly good timing. Mm-hmm. So we don't really know what happened, but either because of a plague or having committed a horrible crime, the story kind of changes. The ship was unable to make port during a terrible storm, but undoubted by the arrogant captain, he decided to keep going and he wanted to round the Cape of Good Hope anyways. He Mm. just wanted to do it at this point. He didn't care if they were sick, dying, injured. He didn't give a shit. He didn't give a shit if he died. Yeah, he really took uh, over my dead body, literally. He was, he actually said that he would do it if it meant doing it until his judgment day, according to legend, of course. So the ship floundered during the storm, and all hands, of course, perished. But if that were the end of the story, it wouldn't be a paranormal story. It's very true. Remember, he made a deal with the devil. So it is said that to this day, the Flying Dutchman continues to sail the sea with her damned crew trying to complete a rounding of the cape true to her captain's word which i can't imagine by this time like they haven't done it yet i hope they've done it and moved <laughs> it's been on. what uh, 300 years yeah i imagine that by now they've had to have at least made the round trip a couple of times well i don't know i don't have the total confidence in this captain i mean davy jones come on he does seem pretty i just i always imagine like you know, Pirates of the Caribbean, Davy Jones, like all the crap, like little different, a uh, little different. You know, rounding the Cave of Good Hope to, uh, oh, I just love a semi goddess Calypso. Yes, that's and I do love, I do love the semi goddess Calypso. But, anyways, according to the legend, if hailed by another ship, the crew of the Flying Dutchman might try to send a message to land or to people who are long dead. Reporting sightings in the 19th and 20th century, I have noticed there's no 21st century, so maybe they did round that trip and they were able to move on, Jordan. Here's Let's hoping. hope. Uh, centuries claimed that the ship glowed with a ghostly light. In ocean lore, the sighting of this ship is seen as 
like doom. Like something terrible is going to happen. So the most famous sighting was actually reported by Prince George of Wales in the late 1800s. He was making a passage off the coast of Australia between Sydney and Melbourne, I believe is how you say it. He claimed that at least 13 of the crew members also spotted the glowing ship. Mm. At, it was around 4 a.m. that it was spotted, supposedly. And later that day, that omen actually came true when the 13 original crewmen who spotted the Flying Dutchman fell from the fortmost post and was smashed to atoms, as it is quoted. Smashed to atoms. It's terrible. Oh. So just a big splat, huh? Just a big splat. That's terrible. I also, honestly, when I first imagined this, I imagined them just kind of disappearing. Like, if you're smashed to atoms, I just imagine well, yeah. nothing left, and you're just kind of like... There's just nothing? Like, like you, you just know. obliterated in every yeah, sense of the word? Like, like, Star Trek style, you know, beam Star out, Trek. And it's just like, all of a sudden, you're like... Meow. And you're just gone. Like, <laughs> I don't know if there's a noise that comes along with it like that. But... Maybe Star Trek should have a Flying Dutchman ship. <laughs> I would be so down for that episode. I would too, actually. That It'd would be, interesting. be great. I need that. I need that in my life now. Um, so in another incident, a British vessel came near having a collision with the so-called ghost ship on a stormy night in 1835. When the vessel was approaching under the full sail, but vanished all of a sudden. Oh, no. Be like, boo. Gotcha, bitches. I wouldn't be happy with that. Could you imagine just sailing along and all of a sudden you're like, oh, shit, it's the Dutchman. Nope. And then all of a sudden it's like, it's just like I'm never leaving land again. I also imagine like the SpongeBob flying Dutchman. Oh, God, no. With his, with the, with me, we sock. We sock. I need it to be the flying man, the the SpongeBob flying Dutchman, if it's anything. Right. I would sail with him. I'd be okay with that one. I don't know. Uh, I actually know about a famous sighting of the Flying Dutchman. Oh yeah, go ahead and tell me about it. Well, I know during World War II that there was reports that um, one of the Admiralties, Carl Dernitz, sighted the Flying Dutchman during their voyage uh, voyage east of the Suez Canal. You know what, Jordan? That was actually my last fact. Really? You read my mind. That's awesome. Well, I know a lot the, about World War Two. Well, it was also like the very latest reported one. Like that like that's it. There have not been mm. any more reports that I've been able to find. Um, or I should say that you have been able to find since you are the researcher of this. Mm-hmm. Well, um, I mean, I guess it spouted doom because uh it was Carl who took over after Hitler killed himself. He just knew. Yeah, I guess so. That's that was the uh that was the grim warning the flying Dutchman was trying to say. Man, it probably was. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> it's just like, you will do terrible things. All right, guys. That kind of concludes it. That was all of our ships for the night. Mm-hmm. And uh, we hope you have a good night. And thank you for joining us. Thanks for joining us, folks. This has been The Haunting Podcast. You can check out our website at thehauntingpodcast.com for show notes and other extras. Thank you for listening and have a good night. <laughs>